you will with me this morning, turn in the Word of God to the Gospel according to John chapter 1, the very last verse in John 1 verse 51. It's John 1, 51. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, how great and merciful Thou art. I thank You, Lord, that You have brought us here again. We thank You, Lord, for Thy preserving grace. We thank You, Lord, for Thy preserving mercies that You have watched over us and brought us here. And Lord, as we just sang, we pray that you would be the Lord of this worship, that you would indeed purge our thoughts and our minds and our hearts from anything, Lord, that is not pleasing to thee, that is not exalting to thy Son, that is not worthy of you, that is indeed worthy to be praised. Lord, I pray for thy anointing in this hour, that thy Spirit would work mightily in thy people, to reveal thy son, that we may see him, that we may see him high and lifted up. And Lord, that you would reveal to us our rightful place at the feet of thee. Lord, instruct us as only thou can. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text this morning comes at the end of John, and this is at the end of a time where Jesus had had just went out and he had called some of his disciples and to come unto him and to follow him. And this particular uh, text that we have this morning was the last thing that he said to Nathaniel. And, um, but it was instructive for all of the disciples that, that Jesus said something in this, this terminology that he said to Nathaniel that it seems odd. It seems odd to us. He says, hereafter you'll see heaven opened. Hereafter, something just took place in Nathaniel, which we call conversion. Nathaniel was taken, and the Lord revealed himself to Nathaniel in the way that he had seen things, in the way that he thought he knew things. And the Lord revealed himself to Nathaniel, and he said, Hereafter, from this moment on, what you will see is heaven opened. And not only heaven opened, but then he gives him. A Old Testament prophecy, if you will. A look at an Old Testament time that Jesus revealed himself to one of his children long before. And if you don't know the terminology, this was the time that he revealed himself to Jacob as a ladder. And we're going to go there in a few minutes. But before we do that, I want to start in verse 43 here in John just to set the the tone and and set where the Lord said these things. He had just called Simon Peter and he had just called Andrew and both of them now are following the Lord Jesus Christ. And in 43, it says, The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and he findeth Philip. There we see the great shepherd who goes and he finds his sheep wherever they are. Don't miss that. Philip wasn't looking for the Messiah. Philip wasn't... Uh, somewhere where he was putting himself in a better place that he could be found of the Lord. 
the Lord in his depth of his grace and his mercy went out and found Philip where he was. And it was the time of that for Philip's calling. And he went and he found Philip and he said two words to him. And in those two words was a blessed amount of power that converted Philip, that said to Philip, no longer will you walk the way that you were walking, you will now follow me. Now listen to what happens after he said those two words to his sheep. Follow me. And Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip went and he found Nathanael. He findeth Nathanael and he said unto him, We have found him. Actually, the better terminology would have been, We have been found of him. But Philip says, We have found him. All Jesus said to Philip was, follow me. But in the power of the shepherd's voice, there came a union, there came a oneness, and there came a power that overcame anything Philip had within him. It subdued the flesh. It subdued the ideas that he might have had. And in the religious world, they were always looking for this Messiah. And Philip says, you know what? We have found him based on two words, follow me. And Jesus, and, and he said unto, uh, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. That's what they knew him of. That's where they knew his address. That's where they knew he grew up at. So he said, this is what we know of him. He's the son of Joseph, which he didn't know much because he really was the son of God, which we'll see that in a minute. Nathaniel answered him. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Now that was a very good question. Because what Nathanael had in front of him was the Old Testament Scriptures. Who did not speak of Jesus coming out of Nazareth. Spoke of Jesus coming out of Bethlehem. Spoke of Jesus coming out of Galilee. And when he said that, he thought, Well, I know the Scriptures. At least I think I know them. Is there any way or any good can come out of Nazareth? And there, there's a doctrinal question put forth to Philip. And Philip sat, sits there and he takes in the question. And it, it's a question that, you know, he could sit there and haggle about because all he's heard is follow me and he believes that's the Messiah. He's turned him from a way that he had went. He said, this is my Lord and Savior. Nathaniel says, is there anything good that can come out of Nazareth? And the only answer that Philip can give him is come and see. Isn't that remarkable? That's all that we can say. We can't persuade those. Well, I've tried my whole life sitting in front of some. Listen, this is who the Lord Jesus Christ is revealed in His Scriptures. This is how He's revealed Himself to me. Whether it's been uh, with more zeal, whether it's been with more compassion, whichever way it's been. But you can't convince that one sitting in front of you to follow Him. You can't convince that one. That one needs to hear the shepherd's voice, just as Philip heard it. And Nathaniel, as he said, he came up with a very good question. What I know of this Messiah and where He'll come from. Is there any way that He could come forth from Nazareth? Nothing good ever come out of there. And all Philip could say to him is come and see. It must be revealed to you, Nathaniel, as it was revealed to me. And then you say, well, what, what is it that Philip could have said? Well, he could have said, he said, follow me, and I followed him. Not a very convincing argument in today's world, in their world either. 
You have to persuade me. You have to come up with a doctrinal reason. You have to tell me about the... But when the Lord works in the soul, when the Lord calls His children, when the Lord comes and He calls them by name, they follow Him. There's no questions asked. Come and see. That's all He could say. So Jesus, in 47, saw Nathanael coming to Him and said of Him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. He called him an Israelite, spiritually speaking. One of my number. One of my church. One of my lambs. I see him coming to me. The terminology no guile. We have looked at that many years ago. and That was one of our texts. And we looked at that and what the Bible said about guile. And what we saw was, hopefully we remember, or the Lord quickens to us, that's the difference between us being in and of ourselves and thus us being in Christ. Our holiness is in Him. Our life is hid in Him. We are hidden in Christ Jesus. Jesus sees Nathanael as one of His and He pronounces him this way, in whom is no guile. Which had to be kind of shocking to Nathanael. So Nathanael says to him in 48, Whence thou knowest me? Well, how do you know me? Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee. Now that's first and foremost. Jesus wasn't around when Philip went to him. So he he revealed to him that he's omnipresent. He revealed to him that he's omniscient, that he knows everything. But then something a little deeper was said to him. He said, Before that Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Now it was customary at the time that and where they lived, it was very hot. And they would go, the, the, the disciples or those that would, uh, the disciples of John as Andrew and Peter were, as they sought the Lord, they would go under these fig trees and they would sit in the shade of them and they would pray. And they would ask the Lord and they would seek the Lord under these fig trees. So as Nathaniel went under the fig tree, the Lord was there. The Lord knew that Nathanael was crying out to him under the fig tree. And this meant something to Nathanael. When the Lord said to that, because Nathanael knew at that moment, he said, this is when I pray to my Lord in secret. I go under the fig tree. How did he know? We don't hear all this rationalizing going on in Nathanael. What we have is the evidence of how the Holy Spirit works in the soul of the child of God in the next term, in the next verse. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, teacher, thou art the Son of God. And don't miss that. Don't miss that. That's very important to our text today. He was revealed then that he was the Son of God. Jesus Christ was the Son of God, standing in front of him in human form. You are the Son of God. Now keep this in mind. All he said to Philip was follow me. What he said to Nathaniel was, I saw you under the fig tree. Or what before you were that you were under the fig tree, I saw thee. Before, before Philip ever said anything to thee, we had a relationship. Philip knew, I mean Nathaniel knew what that meant. This is my Lord that I've cried out unto. And so Nathaniel's witness is this: Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. Now we know he's not talking about a physical king. And we know he's not talking about physical Israel. 
He's talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. You are exactly what I was told. Come and see. And he saw. And he beheld. And something happened in Nathaniel that would be a difference maker, which we call grace, which the Bible calls grace. And it converted him. And he saw the Lord as his Savior. And he saw him reigning as king. And he saw him as the Son of God. Keep that all in your mind because that goes heavily into our text. Because Jesus answered and he said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thou under the fig tree, believest thou? Because that's all I said is because we have a relationship you believe now? You believe now because this is when it's been revealed to you that I am the Son of God? And then he says something so dear and so precious that every child of God must be brought into. This is experiential life in Christ. As he reveals himself to Nathaniel, and he says to them, You believe now? Thou shalt see greater things than these. Greater things than conversion? Greater things than seeing Christ exalted above the, the heavens? Greater things than seeing the, the anointed one come down from heaven? And then our text. And the importance of our text is notice what Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter, now, now, this has been revealed. I've been revealed as your Savior. I've been revealed as your Lord. From this moment on, ye shall see heaven open, which is far greater things. He will take the place in seeing Jesus cast out devils. He'll see Jesus heal the sick. He'll see Jesus raise the dead. But he'll also see Jesus turn wicked men from walking one direction and bring them to follow him. He will see great things. But he will also see the death of the Son of God. But he'll also witness the resurrection of the Son of God. But in all of this, I want you to understand this experientially in the soul. You're going to see things greater than this. Nathaniel, greater, got greater depths to reveal myself to you. And that is when he then says, you shall see heaven open and you will see me revealed as the latter. You will see me revealed as the God-man. You will see me in all that it means that I came down here to save my people from their sins. You will see that I must come down here and perfectly keep that law that has dominion over you. I must be perfectly obedient for all of my children because they can't obey on their own. I will fulfill all things for my children. You will see this. It will be revealed to you that I am life. It will be revealed to you that outside of me is death. It will be revealed to you, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon who? The Son of Man. See, that's the whole purpose of the revelation of the latter. We must see our Lord as God-man. We must see Him as one who joins heaven and earth together. 
those down here. We're, that's where we're at right now. So hold your finger there. Now we're going to go to our, our, uh, where this ladder has shown us in Genesis 28. So we're coming back to our text, but right now we're going to go to Genesis 28. And we're going to begin, for time's sake, we're going to begin in verse 10. Now what's happened up to this point is the supplanter, which we know him as Jacob, he has already done the deed where he went in and quote-unquote tricked dad into giving him the blessing. You know, it was all under the sovereignty of God. But Rebecca, his mom, was very scared for his life because Esau was upset and angry. So Rebecca and Isaac decided, Jacob, you must go, and we're going to send you to a faraway land, but Jacob would go by himself. Now think about that. Jacob is being sent from his home the place he's known his whole life, where he has found all of his comfort, all of his peace, and he's been sent out to go somewhere that he knows nothing about. That's where we pick up in 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place, a certain place, a preordained place, an ordained place that God said, I will meet you in it. You and I set out every day to go to places we set out to go to work. We set out to do things in our home. We set out to go to get things at the marketplace. We set out to go many places. And you know what we don't know? We don't know where the Lord will meet us in those places. We don't know where the Lord will send us and, and meet us in a, a deep experiential way to show us that the Lord is there. And that's what happens here with Jacob. He lighted upon a certain place and he tarried there all the night. Because the sun was set, and he took of the stones of that place, which tells us something. He didn't have much, and he was traveling light. So he took a stone of that place, and he put them for his pillows. So he sits down, or about to lay down upon the ground, and he takes for himself a stone, and he put them down for his pillows, and he laid down in that place to sleep. So now Jacob's by himself. He's in a strange place. And all he has is a rock or a stone and he takes it and he said, this is going to be my pillow and he lays down. And then in verse 12 of chapter 28 of Genesis, in verse 12, we have these words. And he dreamed. And behold, a ladder set up on the earth. So as he laid down his head, a vision, a communing, a dream, whatever it is you want to call it, of how the Lord chose that night to reveal His Son to Jacob. He dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth. Now keep that in mind. The ladder is set up on the earth. And the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and He said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, and the land whereon thou, thou liest to thee, will I give it to thee and to thy seed. Alright. So in this dream, He sees a ladder. And the ladder of it touches up to the heavens. It goes up to the heavens and it goes down to earth. 
And what he sees on it, and if you look at the way that the words are ordered, the angels of God ascending and descending. Not descending and ascending, not that it really matters, other than they were going up first. But Jesus just told us in our text in John 1 that when the heavens are open, you'll see me that way, Nathaniel. You'll see me as the one who sends out the ministering spirits, and that's what they are. I know that this age and everybody deifies the angels and everybody wants to make a big deal about the angels, but this passage is not about the angels. It's about the one they're ascending and descending upon. In fact, Paul said in uh, Hebrews 1.14, are they not all, speaking of angels, he said, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Is that the place of the angel? is to, to be sent to and from from the latter, from the one who cares for his saints, from the one who, who, who has the heirs of salvation that are in him? Yes, that's what they're for. And as the Lord is revealed as the one that touches earth and as the one that touches heaven, that's very dear to us this morning. And why is that? Because we live on earth. We live on earth. Our Lord is not one that hasn't been touched with our infirmities. Our Lord is not one that has not gone first in everything that He'll bring us through. Our Lord is not one that hasn't experienced what we experience. That's the importance of seeing Him. Remember, Nathaniel said, Truly, you're the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You're going to see heaven open and you're going to see things far greater than that. You're going to see me as the Son of Man. You're going to see me as the God-Man that I came. Now think about that, dear ones. Let that sink down in your ear now. Let that sink down in your soul. I have one. I have one. If I be in Christ who has come down, who came down from heaven to reveal Himself as my Savior, who came down here and was perfectly obedient, who came down here and had no sin, who came down here and not only was the altar and the sacrifice, but everything He did was perfect on my behalf. This one stood in my place. Is it not important to see Him? Is it not good for the soul to see Him as this ladder that joins us to heaven where He is reigning? That He is the mediator. He is the one who joins these two parties together. Us on earth and the Father in heaven. He is the ladder. And as the ladder is revealed to Jacob, He reveals to him the covenant that was made. That the Lord has made with all of His children. And in 14, he said, And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now this is messianic. It's speaking of Christ. It's speaking of the one where all of his seed come from him, and they go to the east, and they go to the west, wherever the Lord scatters them. Wherever they are in every nation today. And they will all be blessed in Him. And then we see in verse 15 the importance, once again, of that ladder. And behold, I am with thee 
See, he came down from that ladder. He came down from heaven. We'll look more about that in just a moment. He came down. He condescended down to us. He was made flesh for His people. I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all the places whither thou goest. And I will bring thee again into this land. And He would, 20 years later. After he's sent out, after he's done all he's done with Laban, after he has all of his, his, his wives, his children, and everything that comes back with him, the next time he comes here, he's going to be scared again. Do you know that? Why is he scared? Because he's about to go meet Esau. Now he's running from Esau. The next time he'll be coming back to meet Esau. 20 years, same Lord. Same preserving Lord. Very troublesome time in his life. Very fearful. Doesn't know where he's going. Doesn't, know, doesn't have nothing but that rock he's laying on. Lord says, I will be with you. Whither thou goest and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. You know what that is to me? Jesus saying it is finished. Everything that he does on our behalf, he will never leave us until it's accomplished. Everything. From the time we're born, from the time that we leave this earth, from the time that He provides for us in eternity, He never leaves us. I'll never leave you, Jacob, until I've done that which I've spoken to thee of. That means He'll never leave you. Faithful is He that calleth you who also will do it. He's the one who has begun the good work and the great work, and He's the one who carries it on. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely... The Lord is in this place. Different. He went to sleep scared and nervous and anxious about where he's going. And he wakes up and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. I didn't know when I laid my head down that the Lord was with me. I did not know the Lord's presence was with me. Don't, isn't that our testimony? Sometimes we go into these situations and we, the Lord we think opens a door and we go into and we have so much anxiety. When we have anxiety is there, we don't see Him. We don't see the Lord is with us. But when He reveals Himself that way, when He reveals Himself as our ladder, when He reveals Himself as our salvation, we see Him. We say, oh, surely the Lord was here. Surely He's in this place and I knew it not. And He was afraid. But this isn't afraid that He was when He laid His head down. This is the fear that the Lord said, I will put my fear in their hearts. Look how reverent this fear is. And he was afraid and he said, how dreadful is this place? My Lord is here. How sober he is to this now. My Lord is here. It's like Moses when, when he saw the burning bush and the Lord said, take those sandals off your feet. You're unworthy to be here. And that's the way Jacob saw this place. The Lord is here. This is my Bethel. The Lord is here. This is my dwelling place. The Lord's presence is here. Do you feel that way? Has the Lord ever opened the heavens to you when His presence is there no matter where you're at and said the Lord is in this place? The Lord is this place. It's not the physical dwelling that He's in. It's the Lord who is that place because the Lord engulfs the place with His glory. Oh, how dreadful is this place. And dreadful is not the terminology we use today. I just mean what awe He's in. 
This is no other place but the house of God. This is where His presence is. And this is the gate of heaven. Christ now is the gate of heaven. That's right. That's the ladder. There's no other name given under heaven whereby man may be saved. There's no way to the Father but through the Son. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And on this day, Jacob is revealed his Lord. Oh, how great this place is. How great is the Lord's presence. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and he set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it, anointing it. This is a holy place. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city was called Luz at the first. So we called it Bethel, a dwelling place, a place that I met the Lord in because it meant, it, meant it meant something so dear to Him. Now let's go back to our text in John 1 as now we've seen what Jesus was showing Nathaniel that He was the fulfillment of. That, and remember, Philip was the one, I mean, Nathaniel was the one underneath that tree. Nathaniel was the one who already told us he had known the scriptures and he said, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. So he knew the scriptures. He knew what Jesus was saying to him. You are that ladder. And what is the significance of that ladder? What is the significance that Jesus said, "Believe, um, thou shalt see greater things than these? Well, John tells us this in John 1.14 and just a little bit before this. And the Word was made flesh. That's He came down. He came down from heaven. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He dwells among us. The Lord told us where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there in the midst with you. Do you have that holy awe this morning that only the Lord can produce in your soul to say, the Lord's in this place. Look around, or two or more are gathered. The Lord said He would be there. Is that a holy place? Is that a reverent place? Is that a Bethel place? The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Do you see the Lord reigning full of grace and truth? Full of grace and and truth. Timothy said it. Oh, well, Timothy didn't. Paul said this in 1 Timothy 2 5. For there is one God. That's it. There's one. And one mediator. One to join us to that God. Between God and men. There's one mediator. That's that ladder. One mediator. That's the, that's the whole purpose of the ladder that was revealed to Jacob. As you go on this earth, you will have one with you whose one foot is in heaven and one foot is on earth. I am your mediator. I am your way to the Father. I am your way. I am sufficient for you. I am that ladder. That's what he's telling Nathaniel. That's what he's told his disciples now that he's just called them. You will see greater things. And that greater thing is my presence with you. Throughout all of your life. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. 
Two places to go before we come back to our text, and the first one's going to be in Philippians 2. Should be very familiar to us, but once again, to show our point, our text today, that you will see heaven open, the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. He is our ladder. He is our mediator. Philippians 2, beginning in verse 5. I love that, you know, you've heard me say it many times, that word, let. So powerful to me because as soon as I hear it, as soon as the Lord quickens to me, that's how everything came into being. Let there be light. Boom, there was light. Let there be the firmament. There was a firmament. Let there be the such power comes before. My Lord says let. That means it will, it will take place. He is the power behind it. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. How is that going to go? The creative power of the Lord. Now, it ain't the mind we walk around with every day. If you're going to tell me you have the mind of Christ as you walk out here and you do all the sin and things you do, I'm going to tell you you're, you're nuts. You don't. The mind of Christ is what the new nature us has. That is Christ Himself, the hope of glory. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, this is that ladder, who was God, in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He sat on the throne next to the Father. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the triune God of heaven. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That is, that is His place. Who being in the... Okay, we just read that. But made Himself of no reputation... And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. This is that ladder. He must come down. He came to save his people from their sins. He took on them, on himself, the likeness of their flesh. He came and was, as was born in a stable. He was born as a man. But he was the God man. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself as only he can. You know why? Because he's the God-man. And the God-man has power over the man. You and I aren't the God-man. And the only way we'll be humbled is when Christ in us humbles us. Humbles that man pride. Humbles that unbelief, humbles that desire to be someone, humbles that entitlement and brings us to His feet as He increases and we decrease and reveals to us that He is the Son of God and the Son of Man perfectly in this ladder. He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death. You know what that means? He was always obedient even to the laying down of His life. In eternity, when the Father said, You will go. And Jesus said, Yes, I will go willingly, and I will lay down my life as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. I will lay down my life for all, Father, that You have given me, and not one of them I will lose. And He was obedient unto death. That is the importance of the God-man. He was obedient. You and I are exhorted in the Word of God to be obedient. 
I hope you don't look to yourself to be obedient. Our obedience is in Christ. And because of His obedience, we obey in Him, by Him, and through Him. And being found in fashion as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The worst way that man could come up to kill Him, come up with to kill Him, still obedient. Still laying down his life. I find that in my life sometimes. Somebody will ask me to do something or go along with something and I'll say, yeah, no problem. Then they'll start telling me more about the situation. Then there's a problem. Oh, well, then we have to go here and you got to do this. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I'm too old. I tell my kids that a lot. I've gotten too old for that. That's not going to be good for me. That's not what Jesus did as he looked at that cup of sin and he knew that his father would have to turn his back upon him because he couldn't look upon that when he drank of that cup he said I will go I will go this is what we have in this ladder this is this is what the Lord has revealed to us that's what he has done on earth he prepares and conforms his children to His image and prepares them to bring them to heaven upon that ladder which is in Christ and by Christ. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth. See that? Heaven and earth. Christ is the Lord of all. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords and things under the earth. Now turn over to Hebrews 2. Be our last place to go before we go back to our text and end it today. But look at Hebrews 2. One of my favorite passages. I read it a lot. It's got a little clause in there about the power of death. And I, seems like I get older, I have a lot more thoughts of that. So look at verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that's us. We're made of flesh and blood. He also Himself likewise took part of the same. That's that one foot on earth. That's that heaven, that ladder that's put upon earth. He count, He condescended. He became flesh. He took part of the same that through death. What does that tell us? He came to die. He came out of heaven to die. He came out of heaven to die. That, let that sink in. He was born to die for His children. How great is that salvation? How great is that price that's paid? How great is that mercy and grace that the Lord did on behalf of His people? He also Himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. He is a defeated foe. He is a vanquished foe. He has been put under his feet. By the time the Lord came out of the grave, he was defeated. He showed that death no longer had victory. You and I need to know that, but we can only know that by our ladder that reveals us that he put away death. 
and conquered death. I just got done telling you. I'm almost 50 years old now, and I think a lot more about it now. I think a lot more about it when I go and I do things, and I'm even when I'm driving down the road, when I see car wrecks, when I see things, and it's a lot more real it is now than when I was 30. And sometimes it comes with a lot more fear because of this foe that's still running around as long as we're here on this earth. That he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. And not only did he destroy him, or destroy death and its sting, and deliver. That was the purpose. The purpose of him to come set us free. The truth shall set us free. The truth, the Lord said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the one that sets my children free. I deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to that bondage. Amen to that, are we not? But to see heaven opened and to see the Lord revealing Himself as my God-man who will take me from earth to heaven and I will be safe in Him and to see He has ministering spirits coming down and going back and ministering to my every need. That's peace. That's peace when it's applied. But this little passage tells me something all my lifetime because of this fallen nature that has so much unbelief in it. And this fallen nature that was and doubts everything the Lord did. All my lifetime, I'm subject to that fear. That fear of death that in reality has been defeated. In reality. In what is real, Jesus, according to His Word, has defeated death. But He must deliver me from that. All my life I'm subject to that. Bondage. Until He sets me free. And then the rest of this passage tells us, For verily He took not on Him the nature of angels. See, He's greater than a ministering spirit. He is that spirit. He is. That's what Peter tells us. It's the Spirit of Christ that's always in His people. From the Old Testament to the New Testament to now. He took not on Him the nature of angels, but He took on Him the seed of Abraham. He came to save His people. That's one thing the angels say, Oh, I wish I was an angel. I wish I was one of them ministering spirits. Not me. They'll never understand salvation. They'll never understand what Christ did in coming here to lay down His life for His children. They'll never experience repentance. They'll never experience the blood of Christ cleansing them from all filthiness. They'll never experience any of that. But the seed of Abraham, they all will because He's faithful. That's the way of salvation. Wherefore, in all things it behooved Him to be made like unto His brethren, that's our ladder, that He might be a merciful and faithful high priest. That's what He is, our high priest. He is the one making intercessor for us. He is the one who has opened the veil. He is the, one, he is the reason we have access to the Father is through the Son. He is a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of His people. For in that He Himself hath suffered being tempted. Here's that God-man. 
he himself suffered being tempted. And because he went first in that temptation, he will succor us. He will carry us. He will empower us. He will bring us through that temptation. That's what it says. For in that he 